Hi, it's Greg and Lucky. And this is our podcast. If you don't catch us from 5 to 9, this is what you missed. All right, remember to use this excuse if you get caught uh, hosting some kind of uh, party during this pandemic. The police in Hampshire, England, broke up a party on Saturday night for violating lockdown rules. And the excuse that several of the people there gave the cops was they didn't know there was a pandemic. (laughs) Hadn't heard. (laughs) Don't follow the news much. (laughs) A little out of touch. That's right. Use that in front of the judge when you commit murder. I didn't know murder was illegal. <laughs> it's the old, uh, it was a Chappelle. I didn't know I couldn't do that. That's right. Do you fake commute in the mornings? Some people who are working from home during the pandemic now do a fake commute, like going for a walk or a drive to get their mind in the workspace. Oh, okay. Just kind of uh, keep the routine going. I guess. Mean? But again, how fragile are we? Can't you just get out of bed and sit at your desk and work? <laughs> no, we but it's got to be a whole routine. We, we need the whole routine. Uh, well, I, I guess you know to get into work mode. You, you know, some people feel like you got to get up and get dressed, mm. right? Maybe uh, you're not really up until you brush your teeth. I, I thought when you, when you said it, you meant like people were actually like faking that they were going to work, like <laughs> hadn't told spouses at home. That uh, they could work from home and they're just going out and working from a parking lot somewhere. Well, especially if you, can you imagine if you're both locked down? Like, you know, we, we're lucky enough in that we, we co- I think being able to come to work every morning is uh, a blessing mm. more than a curse because, you know, I couldn't imagine if like Maria and I, well, first of all, I couldn't do this show, I don't think, from my house just because the volume of which we speak, uh, uh, this would drive Maria insane. And I'm sure probably the same in your home. If yeah. At oh, five, yeah. ten in the morning, you're yelling at the top of your lungs from the basement. Yeah. Well, it's like two, well seven, seven in the morning, we'd be downstairs just, we'd be doing this. Yeah. Hi, Craig. How are you? Shh. My kids aren't awake till 7.15. That's so. right. <laughs> Pink Floyd coming. We can talk louder when the kids are awake. Yeah. So it's, uh, for me, it's been a, a good thing being able to come to work. I know that there's uh, people in this building who aren't happy about it. And I'm sure that's true in a lot of workplaces. You know, you get those who go, hmm, I'm just glad to get out of the house. And those are like, nope, don't want to do this. But uh, we soldier on. It's interesting, though, because some people, you know, it's a it's out of fear or or concern yep. about, uh, you know, contact with other people. And, and there are some offices where it's just you're not able to distance properly and if you work in that kind of you know cluster environment yeah. where you'd you'd be around everybody and other people all the time and couldn't keep distance would be one open air space yeah i could i could see how that concern uh could come up but for some people it's just straight laziness they don't want to get dressed and come to work i'm so intrigued to see where we are uh, a year or so from now when hopefully this is in the rearview mirror just just where life is in the workplace you know, in this building or others, we'll, we'll be back to, will we have a full kind of all offices full of people or will we be staggered or will, it, it'll just be interesting to see. My gut says that eventually we're just going to go back to normal. I, I can't see a, a lot of some companies will, but I can't see a lot of them really changing things up all that dramatically. Because once it's the vaccine is here, it's here and you don't have the fear of it anymore. The real concern would be for companies who had laid some people off. Uh, and realize hmm, maybe I didn't need that mm. many positions True. Uh, in the first place, and you'll see some people not coming back to jobs. Um, the uh, end of the pandemic could be the beginning of a major gonorrhea outbreak. <laughs> oh, great. Uh, we don't have to worry about that because we don't have sex. <laughs> True. 
the risks are all there. People have gotten fewer STD tests during the pandemic and will probably go sex crazy once it's all safe again. Mm. Said this from the beginning. It is going to be humperama out there. <laughs> like rabbits. <laughs> Plenty of fish. They'll be jumping out of the pond. <laughs> and a town in Nunavut is offering people the chance to win one of five $2,000 prizes for getting their COVID vaccine. The mayor says it's a very small price to pay in order to get herd immunity here. So I don't know if up in Nunavut people are, you know, concerned more about it than, than others. Well, it's just such a small community, mm-hmm. right? And uh, and again, they, you know, they don't have big buildings they can distance in. Right. And so the idea for them is that they need to get as many people vaccinated there as they can in order to... Going to prevent it spreading throughout that entire community. I think all of none of it, like, and it's huge. I mean, it's a territory. They got like about thirty-eight thousand people in the whole thing. In the entire territory. Yeah, yeah. Calumet's the biggest city with like seven thousand. I only 000. know that because your son's moving there. Seven thousand plus one. <laughs> well, it seems that every generation is more eco-conscious than the generation before, and that's probably a good thing. But sometimes your little ones can become a little annoying. Uh, Two out of five parents say they've been eco-shamed by their kids for things like throwing something in the garbage that could have been recycled or leaving water running or leaving lights on in a room after you left. My my son, David, who's uh, very aware and uh, can get a tad preachy at times, uh, has been on to me for some time about putting solar panels on our roof. Okay. I said, if you think I'm already going to take this poo hut and turn it into more of a poo hut. <laughs> solar poo hut. Yeah, because they just make your house look ridiculous. Well, at one point there was this whole system, right, where they were, you were uh, you were renting your roof out, basically. Yes. yeah. Right, to solar panel companies, they come and they put on the panels. And yeah, you can see every now and then there's one in the neighborhood. Oh, yeah. You've got a large roof, like a single slope. It, it probably makes more sense to do it on something like that. I know there was, I, I talked to somebody, uh, somebody who had a farm, and they had like a bunch of uh, buildings on their farm. They had acres of land, mm. and they put them on those, because sure, you don't see them, nobody sees them. Yeah. And there's some good return to it. But yeah, you see some, you know, 1,400 square foot home in some subdivision. It looks like a spacecraft taking right. off. It's ridiculous. <laughs> I said to David, I said, you do that to your poo hut when you one day own your own. Right. This is not. Well, that must be an age thing because my kids have not, you know, shamed me at all. And nor are they uh, the ones turning out lights. Right. Or turning off anything as they leave the room. Yeah. Yeah, maybe. I mean, I'm sure they're learning about it in school, but uh, maybe it just really hasn't uh, been something they've caught on to as an important Oh, yeah, they learn about it. But, yeah, listen, uh, you know, as much as they talk about Earth Day and Earth Hour, Mm. actually going dark for an hour, (laughs) easier said than done. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. They they get on adults for um, buying things with non-recyclable packaging or for not washing out cans or other items. Uh, so they can be recycled. I'm bad in that department. Like, I'll give it a little rinse, but lots of times cans go into the recycling still with... Oh, yeah. You know, remnants. Not necessarily chunks, but, you know, a layer of some kind of sauce that's or just, something. That's how, that's how we live now. We could care less about anyone else, right? Oh, of we course. We look at it and say, hey, that's not my job. That's not my your problem. job. Yeah, not, not my, my job. Once, once, it's, once I get it to the end of the street, it's not my problem anymore. 
uh, leaving the TV on, leaving electrical items plugged in. I, it would drive me crazy in my house if if anybody kept walking around like unplugging things. Right. Every time I went to use it, why isn't the microwave working? Yeah. <clears throat> So yeah, and and listen, you know whatever you can do to save. The, I'm 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 huge on you know. I think it's important. I think the the, the Earth is in trouble. We are certainly heading down a the wrong road. I just don't want to be inconvenienced. You're, you're not going to be the one to save it. No, and I, <laughs> I don't want my housing dollar going down for solar panels. You want to be careful with those Gwyneth Paltrow vagina candles <laughs> for so many reasons. Yeah, watch yourself. A uh, woman in England uh, says uh, she lit one, and uh, it exploded. Uh-oh. An inferno of flames shot out of that candle. I'm glad it was just flames. That would get pretty gross. The candle exploded, huge flames, bits flying everywhere. She said, I've never seen anything like it. The whole thing was ablaze. It was too hot to touch. There was an inferno in my room. Wow. I like that she also explains that she did not buy it. She won it in a contest. <laughs> you kind of have to yeah. do that. Nobody wants to be caught saying, yeah, I actually was intrigued in having my house smell like Gwyneth Paltrow's vagina. <laughs> so anyhow, Jody's boyfriend jumped in there and saved the day. He got the fire under control. <laughs> he didn't smell it. <laughs> he had no idea what was happening. <laughs> it is... It is so strange. Like the lovely Maria uh, digs those candles. Yeah, scented candles. Yeah, you know, I'll come home and the house smells like a maple syrup plant or a, you know, whatever. But I can never imagine walking in the house and go, I kind of recognize that scent. What? What is that? <laughs> Why would we recognize it? <laughs> or Mary? <laughs> Most guys, anyway. Would you even recognize what that scent was? Uh, does it have a, a particular scent of its own? Have you not been down there in a while? <laughs> well, I don't they, they do I think, have a scent. We all have scents. Uh, yes, but most of it is like B.O. I, I don't think any guy, if, if he's so happy he's getting it, he's surprised. <laughs> he's not taking his time to smell the roses. He's <laughs> like, holy cow, I'm here. Well, look at Get I mean, this through. Not to get too focused on the point, but... You know, sometimes you can be in that area and immediately not be interested anymore. <laughs> well, well, I would hope that's not the smell they're going for with the candle. <laughs> I wonder if Gwyneth Paltrow smells like a maple syrup. Yeah. Maybe. <laughs> with it being the last day for uh, President Grifter, do we, do we think that we're done talking about him? Because I really hope so. Because, to be honest, over the last four years, we've had to talk about him a lot because it's always just been one poop show after another. But in all reality, it's it's one of the last things that you want to talk about because mostly on a morning show you just want to have fun and politics are usually like ground zero boring. Right. And uh, and hopefully we never have to mention Biden and hopefully even if Trump is a lunatic and ranting and raving on some far right media outlet, it won't matter anyhow. It'll be just like some loon yelling in the subway. So I'm hoping that this is the final day. Uh, Outside, I guess tomorrow with Biden getting in, yeah, that we uh, that we're done with it. Yeah, I, I think I, I don't think he ever goes fully off into the uh, into the night. I think there's always going to be more to talk about, and and he will get his name into the press at times when he wants to. Um, you know, I think if if anything stems legally for him coming up, then 
then his name will certainly be dragged back out again. But I would like to think that it will not be a daily occurrence right. uh, for him. I mean, we knew this like past year, an election year with him is just going to be you know crazy. And I get it all the time. Like, boy, you, you know, we're in Canada. Why don't you talk about Canadian politics? Because Canadian politics is boring, the yeah. way politics should be. Uh, and, uh, and, I mean, we are influenced by the U.S. politics, but just the same way that, you know, people are royal watchers. There are those that are, you know, so heavily passionate mm-hmm. about American politics as well. Yeah, it's funny. You know, I have family members who are just glued to uh, news and uh, media outlets all the time. And, you know, you, uh, you talk to them and they've got a full beat on what's going on in the, uh, in the U.S. And they couldn't tell you who our prime minister was. Right. You know, oh, we have a leader here in this province? But it's, but it really is, you know, it's the rubbernecking. It is what we do right. as a society and we're doing it now as a country. It's, you know, you got a dumpster fire happening. You sit around and, yeah. you know, not necessarily make s'mores, but you're going to see what's going on and what comes next. Be interesting, too, to see what the likes of Colbert and uh, others are going to uh, do starting next week. Right. Because they've been able to hang their hat on this thing for like four years. The Kimmel happiest only. guy in the room is Jimmy Fallon. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> it's like, holy cow. Get back to playing silly games again. <laughs> Can we just play harmonica again? Yeah. So I guess Melania Trump, uh, from what I understand, I don't know if it's happened or is happening or not happening, but I guess she kind of went against uh, Donald and decided to invite uh, Jill uh, Biden in for a tour of the White House, which I think is kind of uh, funny because Jill... She? I didn't think she did yeah, that. This is what I heard this she morning. She released a statement, I know that. This is what I heard this morning, that she was going to invite her in. Which is kind of, I know it's all just a part of the procedure, but Jill could walk in and go, I don't need the tour. I know where the stuff is. Right. I've hung out in here for eight years. Yeah, well, she was actually friends with someone who was in the White House yeah. before. Uh, and, and listen, I, I think... It's a lot of pomp and circumstances. So much of what was going to happen in the next 24, 48 hours will be about pomp and circumstance. That's that's what it is, right? It's that transition. It's not going to look the same as it has in the past. Um, You know, the Obamas have talked about how horrible that day was when they invited the Trumps to the White House, given, you know, especially Michelle Obama, given all the things that Trump had put them through. Sure. uh, You know, and she said, you know, endangering the lives of their family and their kids uh, with all the birther, the crap that went on that Trump kept up with. But they still invited them over Mm -hmm. and, you know, awkward hugs and kisses on the doorstep just because that is the... You know, the transition of it all. And I find it funny, you know, the, the Republicans talk now about how Biden needs to stop with this rhetoric and start healing the country. Well, the healing starts with admitting that you lost yeah. and, uh, and, and welcoming the new regime in. You know, the most, uh, you know, the clo- one of the closest races you would ever see was that Florida hanging Chad recount thing with, you know, uh, with Al Gore, mm-hmm. and what did he do with with Bush? He he had to one as the vice president go in and count the electoral votes and name uh, Bush as the winner of that election, and he had to concede and move forward. And yeah. and you know, with all the, the the talk of division and healing, part of it is to is on Trump still too now to say, okay, well, we need to move forward. He's trying to say that, but in limited. 
Oh, limited, yeah. uh, you know, taped speeches. There's been some talk, too, about him wanting some time of a military uh, parade as his exit. I don't know if he's going to just go quietly in the middle of the night like a squatter and leave the doors and lights on. But, uh, <laughs> but we will see what happens. And I know Obama has said that, uh, you know, he, he uh, along with Michelle, had that tough time with, uh, with the Trumps. But he had learned so much from uh, George and Laura Bush that they were so gracious in, uh, and maybe, there, you know, listen, you can like or dislike Republicans, like or dislike Democrats, but there was a time when they were able to try to work together. And it's just got to get back to that. You know, right. you, you got to figure that plan out. The pardon talk is interesting because today is, is you know, is pardon day. They're talking about yeah. maybe 100 pardons, which really that number is, is actually quite low. There's been past presidents of, in the thousands of mm-hmm. Obama, uh, his clemency rate. I think there's about 300 pardons, but... He gave clemency to a whole bunch of others. Right. The most controversial in the past has probably been Clinton, uh, because you know there was that Mark Rich, that you know uh, financier who had already fled the country, owed like forty something million dollars, and uh, and 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 fled, and he pardoned him. And they said a lot had to do with perhaps financial donations to the campaign by his wife. And so, uh, you know, the Democrats are just as guilty of some some very, very skeptical or, or sketchy pardons mm. in the past. Um, but they, you know, are, are pointing towards ones. And I guess the problem with Trump's pardons, is most of them have been, for the most part, you know, kind of uh, self-involved, which, <laughs> go figure for right. Donald Trump. Shocking. But, you know, people that are close to him, friends of his, connected to him, Whereas a lot of the presidential clemency or pardons in the past are, are, are usually criminals who, you know, had spent time in jail or already finished serving their sentence. Right. He wouldn't be the first one to, to, to give one to a family member if he did that as well, because Clinton did that with his half brother, Roger, who had already served his sentence for some drug offenses earlier on, but. Right. Uh, he was pardoned by his brother. He's going to be very busy today, uh, Donald. What with all the pardons and the pack in his boxes and leaving? And now C-SPAN brings you coverage of President Donald J. Trump as he prepares to leave the White House. And I don't need any of this. I don't need this stuff. And I don't need you. I don't need anything except this. This paddle game. The ashtray and the paddle game, that's all I need. And this remote control. The ashtray and the paddle game and the remote control, that's all I need. This has been C-SPAN's coverage of Donald Trump as he's preparing to leave the White House. And these matches and the remote control and the paddle ball. Rock Mornings with Craig Venn and Lucky. 94.9 The Rock. Brides.com came up with the uh, list of most requested wedding songs. These are, I guess, the tunes that once the booze starts to flow, people get to the DJ and want to hear. Okay. Things like Party Rock Anthem and Higher Love. Happy from Pharrell Williams, of course, not the uh, Rolling Stones happy. I Want to Dance with Somebody Who Loves Me, Whitney Houston. Uh, Cha-Cha Slide, I'll Be, Crazy in Love, Can't Stop That Feeling. So these are the uh, the upbeat yeah. music, not the, uh, not the Ed Sheeran-dominated first dance songs. No, yeah, these are the things that we like to uh, try to... Boogie, too. All right. As the evening progresses. This is where Bruno Mars comes in. Oh, yeah. Uptown Funk is huge up on that list. Uh-huh. Uh, but this is the favorite, according to Brides.com. Let's do it. Let's do it. Let's do it. Because I got a feeling. Ah. Yeah. Black Eyed Peas? Yes, sir. Tonight's going to be. Because you know, when you're in that mindset at a wedding, this is the best night ever. <laughs> <laughs> Greatest wedding. Best couple. 
<laughs> Six months later, they're on the skids. <laughs> Can I have my check back? You know, there was a time when I enjoyed weddings. There was a time when I enjoyed a lot of things in life. Right, yes. But I remember, like, as a, a younger man, and certainly Marie and I went to a lot of them when we were first dating because many of her cousins were of the same age. They were getting married, and uh, and, and I got to know so many of them. So it was always, uh, it was always a good evening and, and a fun time. But then as you get on with your own life and you have children and you start getting invited to weddings and your kids are an age where you got to throw in for their envelope as mm. well, you know, because they're going to be dining at the table and even hitting the bar as they get a little older. Uh, you start going, oh, man, this is going to be an expensive night. And I don't even know these people anymore because most of the weddings I'm getting invited to are usually like the children of the cousins of Maria, right. you know, who I wouldn't even know if I bumped into them in the street. Yeah. Yeah, it's such a weird uh, party because you, know, you do sometimes enjoy. Okay, let's get dressed up and go to a nice event, but it's yeah. not just the party. You got to go through like the whole ceremony and then all the speeches and the whole day, the awkwardness, and usually it's bad food. <laughs> like you go through a run of them at you know a certain age where everyone you're right is getting married and all your friends, yeah. and, everything. and so it's a group. You know, you're usually sat with your friends at one table, and yeah. it can be kind of interesting. I've always had now that I'm in my forties, if I've got anybody. Who are single or just dating and they're, and they're thinking about it, mm. do it on New Year's. Because hmm. we're always struggling to come up with a good plan to get everyone out and together at a New Year's party. I think that would be the best way to do it. Yeah, but then you're kind of stuck. That poor couple is stuck now celebrating their anniversary. Like, they've got to do something now every year. And, you know, as New Year's uh, mount and years go on, you're kind of like, I just want to stay home and chill. Well, that's fine. Stay home and chill. You still crack a bottle of champagne. You can say happy anniversary and have a nice dinner. Yeah, but, you know, one of you in this marriage. I don't care about them. I care about me, Craig. Oh, shocking. Shocking. Admit it. Working away so things work into your (laughs) favor. Shocking about you. I just realized something else about your very dumb idea about your friends getting married on New Year's Eve. What now? Now it's going to cost them triple because you think getting married on New Year's Eve is going to be cheap <laughs> and so you're going to have to kick in a lot more in the envelope and then all of a sudden this was a dumb idea. Rock Mornings with, with Craig, Craig Venn and Lucky. 94.9 The Rock.